You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Those stories for you in just a moment. But first, breaking news of a cougar attack involving a child on Vancouver Island. It happened in a residential area in Lake Cowichan this afternoon along Point Ideal Drive. The child has been taken to hospital by air ambulance with injuries to their head and neck and arms. Conservation is currently on scene. They believe this attack involved at least two cougars. We'll bring you the very latest on this story as more details become available. Now to that dramatic hostage-taking and standoff in Surrey that ended with two people dead. Police and the emergency response team first called to the home last night. Jill Bennett joins us live in Surrey tonight with more on what we're learning about how this all unfolded. Jill, we do want to warn our viewers, some of this video may be difficult to watch. And Sophie, the police tape is still up here at 100A Avenue and 133rd Street in central Surrey. We're several meters from the home where this happened. However, neighbors here say throughout the night they could hear police addressing the man inside the house saying, you don't live there anymore, and to please come out. Well, earlier today, his body was removed from that home. Around 7.30 a.m., the clear sound of flashbangs just before police enter a home that had been surrounded by heavily armed officers all night. Immediately after, gunshots can be heard. That goes on for several seconds. Neighbors say up until that point, they could hear police on a megaphone. If anybody's inside, like, um, please let us know if you can exit the windows or the doors. We do know that the, um, the complaint that the, the RCMP were uh, responding to involved a complaint of hostage shaking and uh, presence of a firearm. The man who was inside the house was shot and killed. The woman who had been held hostage was still alive when police stormed the home. Members of the emergency response team tried to save her life before she was taken away by ambulance. Despite medical efforts, the woman has also been pronounced deceased at the hospital. Friday, forensics teams and the coroner were at the house for several hours. Evidence markers could also be seen in the backyard as investigators combed the area. For neighbours, it has been a tough 24 hours. Cops came to the door and asked us if uh, boats hit our house, and but it didn't. So. I didn't want to leave my house, so I just kind of stayed inside. I tried not to be nosy or put myself in some sort of danger if there were. Because this was a police-involved shooting, the Independent Investigations Office of BC is now taking the lead in the file, trying to determine exactly how each of the two victims died. We will focus today on identifying witnesses, identifying any um, uh, evidence that, if we don't get it right away, might go missing. And we will be really focusing on an examination of the scene, doing our forensic examination of that. All right, Jill, are you hearing anything more about the two people who died? Uh, well, earlier today, Sophie, uh, there were two young men here. They identified themselves as the sons of the female victim. They left the scene at the same time the ambulance did. We did learn from them, though, uh, the victim, the man and the woman, they had at one point been in a relationship. It's unclear what the current status of that relationship was. Uh, that will be part of the investigation. Uh, we also know the family had just recently acquired a dog, a black lab. Uh, that lab was taken away today by Animal Services. And again, the investigation still very active. The police take still up. Uh, several uh, neighbors in this area were out of their homes uh, for several hours, told it wasn't clear when they could be allowed back in as the police are still on scene. Sophie? 
All right, thanks for that. Jill Bennett in Surrey for us tonight. Starting today, Port Moody's mayor is taking a leave of absence. Rob Vagramov making the announcement yesterday after he was charged with sexual assault. Vagramov is dying, denying the allegation, saying he plans to fight it in court, but that his legal defense will require his full attention. The alleged incident dates back to 2015, involving a woman Vagramov is said to have met when he was a city councillor. Keith Baldry joins us live in Victoria for more on the political fallout here, Keith. Mm -hmm. And uh, timing is everything. These char charges come as the Union of BC Municipalities pushes the province to consider a mechanism to deal with politicians facing charges. Yes, indeed, Sophie. Renewed calls tonight for the provincial government to allow municipalities some kind of power to deal with situations when a mayor or a councillor is charged with a serious crime. There have been two high-profile instances before this particular one in which even a mayor was convicted of a crime and was able to remain in office. So uh, the municipalities passed two resolutions last fall. Delegates there calling on the provincial government to take action. We caught up with Arjun Singh, the president of the UBCM, who outlines exactly what they're talking about and Housing Minister Selena Robbins, who, who's sympathetic, but points out it's a very complex issue. You know, I think it's really important that we're all held to very high standards of, um, of conduct, and also we have procedural fairness. So if we balance those two things uh, well, I think we'll come to a solution here, which is, which is good. Obviously, it's still in the province's hand in terms of the legislation around what we do when, when a, a local government official is, is charged with a serious crime, uh, and in fact, if they're convicted. All right, Keith, so when might we see legislation if that is the route the government takes? Yeah, uh, Selena Robinson, we didn't have that clip, but she is uh, uh, sympathetic, but does point out this is complex. It's not an easy fix here. So don't look for any legislation this spring. I think the legislative agenda has been set by the government. It hasn't all been released, but they've made up their minds what they're going to bring in. It is complex, so don't look for it to be in the fall either. It may involve more than one piece of legislation. So I'm betting if any action is taken by the provincial government, which means amending the Local Government Act, that likely won't come until next spring session at the earliest. All right, Keith, thanks for that. Check your doors before they do. That's the message going into Auto Crime Enforcement Month. RCMP, along with the Minister of Public Safety and ICBC, are urging the public to be proactive. John Hua has more on the simple thing you can do to prevent a break-in and a look at the top 10 auto crime offenders in B.C. Here's a lesson about breaking into a global news truck. You never know who might be watching. Or recording. Our officers responded and did identify uh, three vehicles that appeared to have been broken into uh, at some point overnight. Police were able to recover the stolen items, even the tool likely used to break the vehicle windows. But in many cases, the criminals don't even need it. They just walk down and they try to check doors. They, is it unlocked? Is it unlocked? Is it unlocked? Surveillance video proves the attempts are constant. A successful break-in, just a matter of time. Over 60% of cars that were broken into in some jurisdictions weren't locked. They don't have to uh, break the windows in most cases because we have people uh, leaving uh, things in plain view with the door unlocked. When it comes to vehicle thefts in British Columbia, here are the top 10 worst offenders who authorities say don't need a helping hand. There were over 58,000 thefts from vehicles in British Columbia last year. Thieves are looking for any opportunity. So every night at 9 o'clock, the public is asked to hide their belongings and make sure their vehicles are locked 
windows and doors secured. When they find a target-rich environment, like a neighbourhood or parking lot, with a lot of unlocked vehicles, they keep coming back. While Global News got its stolen items back, albeit a little dusty, that seems to be the exception to the rule. Thieves are banking on crimes of convenience, and nothing is easier than an unlocked car. John Hua, Global News. Well, for those eagerly awaiting ride-sharing in this province, some positive news to share with you now. Ride-sharing now for BC. The group sat down with the minister in charge today and called it a positive meeting. The group says the minister asked the coalition for input on safety and implementation. Class 4 licensing was also discussed. Rideshare Now for BC says they have some ideas to create a made-in-BC solution that would add some flexibility while maintaining tough safety standards. There's so much legislation, regulations, and all this kind of stuff that had to happen. So when you, when you go through the details, you appreciate the fact that um, I don't sense today this government's dragging the heels. Not at all. I, I totally have a great feeling that they're going to move ahead and they're going to get it right. If, uh, if there's anything that's going slow, is they want to make sure they get it right because it's, it's a long-term proposition for British Columbia. So that's, that's good. We feel good about that. Well, the biggest changes in ICBC's history are set to take effect Monday. The changes include a rate hike, a cap on pain and suffering claims for minor injuries, and how much lawyers can be involved. And while the goal is to save the insurer billions of dollars, Richard Zussman explains what it could mean for you. Starting on Monday, if you get into one of these and you get hurt, your settlement will be dealt with a lot differently than it is today. They're the largest change... Uh, in the 45-year history of, of this, this, this company. Here are the changes. The public insurer will be capping what they define as minor injuries, pain and suffering compensation at $5,500. Legal bills will be moderated with claims valued at less than $50,000 settled in a civil resolution tribunal. The province estimating the changes will save more than a billion dollars a year. It will be able to resolve these disputes independently of government, independently of ICBC, uh, much more quickly than the current uh, process. And uh, one of the great benefits that this uh, brings is uh, a significant reduction in the costs associated with lawyers. Injury lawyers are concerned about the way the province is defining minor injuries and say they don't believe their clients are actually going to get the settlements they deserve. We know the symptoms that people endure when they suffer from concussions and we know what chronic pain can do, can do to people for the rest of their lives. And we know that there's a psychological component to both of these injuries. So to call them minor, bit of a slap in the face. There will also be improved medical benefits, increasing for wage loss and pre-approved treatments for acupuncture, massage therapy and counseling services. But those that have existing claims don't need to worry about the changes. The claims that are open today, prior to April 1st, will settle in the old world. So all of the things that were available to customers prior to April 1st uh, remain so. Also on Monday, rates are going up, 6.3% for basic insurance. It's all part of ICBC trying to get a grip on losses that are projected at more than a billion dollars this year. And if the government's plan works and the savings are as high as expected, these constant rate increases could be a thing of the past. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Right now, though, another explosive development tonight in the SNC-Lavalin scandal. The Justice Committee has released a recorded conversation between BC MP and former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould and the country's top civil servant. 
In it, Wilson Raybould maintains she's following the rule of law and she's warned about a collision with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Global's Michael Couture has the details. The call is more than 17 minutes long and it is telling. Jody Wilson-Raybould pushing back against Michael Wernick, who continues to tell her that the Prime Minister wants her to look for another solution in the SNC-Lavalin case. Well, I mean, he's, he's in a very firm mood about this. So, um... Does he understand the gravity of what this potentially could mean? This is not just about saving jobs. This is about interfering with one of our fundamental institutions. This is like but, breaching a constitutional principle of prosecutorial independence. So we well, can. I don't think he sees it as bad. I mean, well, then nobody's explaining that to him, Michael. She pushed back against Wernick's arguments to intervene in the prosecution of SNC-Lavalin, saying she was trying to protect the Prime Minister from perceived political interference, and that while she was concerned about the jobs, this was way more important. I feel that I'm giving him my best advice, and um, if he doesn't accept that advice, then it's his prerogative to do what he wants. But I am trying to protect the Prime Minister from... Um, political interference or perceived or otherwise. Wernick continued to say that Trudeau was pretty firm on the issue, but Wilson-Raybould didn't budge. And then, in a shocker, she ended the conversation, seemingly foreshadowing her own demotion. I'm waiting for the big, the other shoe to drop, so I'm not uh, under any illusion how um, the Prime Minister um, has and gets things that he wants, and um, I'm just... Uh, I'm just stuck doing the best job that I can. Wilson-Raybould also wrote to the committee in a submission saying, quote, I would immediately resign if the new attorney general decided to issue a directive in the SNC-Lavalin matter, as this would confirm my suspicions as to the reason for the shuffle of me in particular. Now, after a series of meetings with the prime minister in January, she did resign. But we still don't know if the new AG has issued that directive. Michael Couture, Global News, Ottawa. Starting today, downtown Vancouver is going to be a lot busier. The arrival of the Emerald Princess kicking off the 2019 cruise ship season, bringing the first of more than one million passengers expected this year. Jordan Armstrong tells us why certain days will be busier than ever before. You may see a cruise ship, but the business community sees dollar signs. Each time one of these behemoths squeezes into port, it drops up to $3 million into the local economy. They're taking tours, they're staying overnight in local hotels, and generating uh, huge benefits for the city. The first ship to visit this year, the Emerald Princess. A brief stop on a repositioning cruise from Los Angeles. There's always food 24 hours a day. It's carefree travel. We were on the boat mainly to bird watch and whale watch. Do the girls weekend. Leave the husbands at home with eating craft dinner. <laughs> this ship, one of 41 docking in Vancouver this season from 24 different cruise lines. There will be nearly 300 vessel visits and more than 1 million passengers. A 21% increase over last year. We have increased our taxi staging space inside the cruise terminal. We've created a, a new entrance for taxis on Waterfront Road. Several times this cruise season, Canada Place will be packed with three ships or more per day. Sunday, May 26, especially busy with five ships. And on Monday, September 30th, there will be four, including the 1,000-foot-long Norwegian Bliss, which can carry up to 4,000 passengers 
and features a go-kart track. Among the new visitors this year, Cunard's Queen Elizabeth, making her maiden voyage from Vancouver to Alaska in late May. And yes, they assure us she and all the other mega ships will be able to fit under the Lionsgate Bridge. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. A beautiful day on the Lower Mainland for visitors on cruise ships and locals mm-hmm. alike. Meteorologist Christy Gordon is live downtown amid all those beautiful cherry blossoms. Christy? That's right. I can't tell you. There's so many people here taking photos. I'm at the Burrard Skytrain Station where it's touted as one of the most beautiful spots to come and check out the Cherry Blossoms. Perfect spot for people coming off of uh, the cruise ships, of course, and enjoying the scene down here. Now, uh, the Cherry Blossoms have uh, bloomed or flowered a little early this year, and the reason is the excessive heat that we've seen this March. We went from dead cold uh, February to all of a sudden record-breaking temperatures last year, or sorry, last week and then we've maintained that warmth and that really accelerates the flowering of the trees. Now it's not only Broad Skytrain Station that has a beautiful canopy, it's all around the lower mainland. This is a nice shot from Vancouver showing the line streets. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend to get out and enjoy the warmth, Sophie, that we have in store for us and the cherry blossoms and they don't last long. The full bloom only lasts for two weeks. So I do urge people to get out there because before you know it, you'll be trying to get all the petals off your cars. <laughs> no kidding. Looks like your coat matches the cherry blossoms, Christy. Thanks. I tried to match. (laughs) Well done. Well done. All right. We'll talk to you in a bit. Well, West Coasters are often known for their love of the outdoors, fitness, and sometimes their health food obsessions. Now, for those who are into the juice craze, the new trendy flavor of the month is celery. Nadia Stewart has more on what's driving demand and why it might cost you more the next time you hit your local juice bar. At the juice truck, it is all the rage. Celery juice craze is definitely, definitely going crazy right now. That's right, celery juice, as in cut up the celery, put it in the juicer, and you've got celery juice. Tastes just like celery. Yeah. Yep. I think I'm going to need something to wash this down with. (laughs) Which, for the record, doesn't taste all that great. But it is the latest trend in juicing, being hailed as a potent drink loaded with health benefits. What they speak of is uh, having lots of benefits for your digestive system, uh, having benefits for bloating, having benefits for your skin. The founder of the celery juice movement, author and podcaster Anthony William, extols the virtues of celery juice. Celery juice is cleaning up the mess inside your body, and that's one of the things it does. William has written a book about celery juice, claiming it is, quote, healing millions worldwide. Celery prices have gone up. In Australia, the price has reportedly risen by 300%. Just think with your brain over your heart and, you know, ask yourself, is this guy making money from a book? Dietitian Jess Pernak says celery juice is good for you, but she cautions against believing it is the answer to all our health woes. Vegetables are good for us, right? But the minute you kind of get rid of the fiber and make it just 100% juice, you're losing tons of the nutrition. Over at the juice truck, Berman also preaches moderation. And he says before too long, there'll be another trend his customers will be clamoring for. Every six months to a year, there's, you know, there's going to be multiple fads and trends that you see. We'll just have to wait and see what the next miracle food will be. Nadia Stork, Global News. But what is happening with this country is disgusting. 
tens of thousands of protesters take to the streets of London after the final defeat of Theresa May's Brexit deal on the day the UK was originally supposed to leave the European Union. MPs voted down the proposal for the third time, with the new April 12th deadline just two weeks away. The European Union has called an emergency summit for April 10th, where May is expected to ask for a delay. Without it, Britain will crash out of, of, of Europe with no deal, a potentially disastrous move that would leave no trade rules in place. Global Affairs Canada has taken the unusual step of warning Canadian travellers about possible violence in London as a result of today's vote. Investigators looking into that deadly Boeing 737 MAX 8 crash in Ethiopia have come to a preliminary conclusion. Based on the voice and data recorders, they've determined that an anti-stall system automatically activated before the jet nosedived into the ground. That system is also linked to the fatal crash of a Lion Air jet in Indonesia last October. Both crashes killed a total of 346 people. Boeing is facing mounting pressure to roll out a software update for its best-selling plane in time for the peak summer travel season. 737 MAX jets remain grounded worldwide. Mexico's most active volcano is putting on another show. The volcano unleashed a powerful explosion Thursday night, not long after Mexican authorities raised the alert level. Along with a natural fireworks display, the explosion sent a massive column of gas and ash 2,500 metres above the crater. Officials are warning people to stay away, saying there have been more than 200 discharges in the past 24 hours. Some wild video out of Toronto is shining a light on pedestrian safety. There's a child in this! There's a stop sign! He took a turn! You stop! A woman pushing a stroller was nearly hit by a car. After a confrontation, that driver tried to pull away. That's when the woman jumps on the hood, leaving the stroller in the middle of the road. The woman returned to the stroller moments later. Cheers and high fives all around in Thailand after the rescue of six baby elephants. Good looking! Good looking! Park rangers spent five hours using shovels to dig a path for the animals to climb out. One by one, they made their way up the slippery slope and back into the forest. It's not clear how they became trapped, but a herd of adult elephants, believed to be related to the calves, had been circling the area. In Health Matters tonight, more confirmed cases of measles in B.C., this time on Vancouver Island. Health officials are warning people might have been exposed if they were at Royal Jubilee Hospital's emergency department on Wednesday, March 6th, or Saturday, March 9th, or at the hospital's outpatient clinic on Friday, March 8th. Two people who acquired the measles during travel abroad had sought medical care at Royal Jubilee Hospital. Island Health says while the risk of transmission is low, anyone who may have been exposed should monitor themselves for symptoms for 21 days. Drug users in the interior are being warned after a rash of overdose deaths involving an opioid 100 times more toxic than fentanyl. There were 19 drug overdose deaths across the province this month where carfentanil was detected. Seven in the interior health region. Carfentanil is used as a sedative for large animals. Ingesting just one or two grains can be fatal to humans. 
The 75th anniversary of D-Day and the Battle of Normandy coming up this June. Today in Vancouver, people are honoring the veterans who set out from B.C. to fight for the Allies. A special ceremony was held this morning at Pacific Central Station. Veterans Affairs Minister Lawrence McCauley addressing active and retired members of the Canadian Forces. A pair of combat boots was then loaded onto a train ahead of a cross-country journey, symbolizing those who traveled to Halifax before crossing the Atlantic and taking up arms against Germany. When I joined them just prior to D-Day, I can't say that they were really enthusiastic to accept this young Anglo uh, as a comrade, um, and it wasn't, wasn't too easy for me either. But somehow we survived it and got along, and I never met, or I have never had such fine friends as those guys. In, from New Brunswick. More than 5,000 Canadians died in the Battle of Normandy and more than 13,000 were wounded. The answer to a decades-old mystery in France. Where are all of the Garfield phones that have been washing up on the beaches for 35 years coming from? The answer right after the forecast. All right, we saw her earlier. She's out with the Blossoms tonight uh, for uh, SkyTrain station, Christy, and uh, looking towards the end of March, the next couple of days. Yes, exactly. We're looking at uh, dry conditions. We'll talk a little bit about March in a second, but first I wanted to just quickly mention the Broad, Stry uh, Broad Street Skytrain Station are the Acubono type of, uh, of um, cherry trees. Now there's 54 different varieties around the region, but I want you to know that they're not all just cherry trees. Actually, some of them are plum trees, and the way you can tell the difference is the cherry trees actually have a little slit or a cut at the tip of the petal, whereas plums have a rounded edge. Nonetheless, they both deliver most beautiful cloud-like canopy and you'll see those this weekend under beautiful conditions. Now looking back at our March since we're just in the last couple of days and we're not expecting any more rain for the rest of March, uh, we could potentially have seen the second driest March on record with 31 millimeters of rain and that's in behind several years of very wet marches. It is typically a very wet month. So incredible conditions this March, that's for sure one of the reasons why uh, these little guys Guys are out right now. Beautiful highs today, 14 to 18 degrees, although we sit, we hit 20 out in Hope. Uh, slight chance of a shower across Vancouver Island. Otherwise, sunshine through your day. A little bit of instability tomorrow means that some areas may see a slight isolated shower. Otherwise, enjoy your Saturday, everyone. Sunshine across the region, above seasonal temperatures, and we'll see that all across southern BC and across um, the south coast as well. Now, it's later Sunday that we will see a little bit of a change with a bit more cloud, but temperatures reaching 18, 19 degrees for your Saturday afternoon. Considering it's March still, uh, Sophie, that's pretty, pretty nice. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. Enjoy the blossoms. Well, for more than three decades, people living on the coast of western France have been cleaning them up after they've washed on shore. And now, finally... They know where they're coming from. For 35 years, environmentalists have been picking up bits and pieces of plastic phones shaped like Garfield. 
never knowing where these things were coming from. But a tip from a local farmer led them to a submerged cave only accessible at low tide, where a shipping container lost from a cargo ship back in 1983 had come to rest. The phones had been washed out piece by piece at high tide. Wow. There's probably somewhere else in the world where there's a whole bunch of Cabbage Patch dolls washing ashore. That's where my Christmas Did you have a Cabbage 1983 Patch? went. Did you have a Cabbage Patch doll? I had two, Claudette Gloria and Nola Reyna. Oh, yeah, they had names, right? They did, and adoption papers and diapers. Oh. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you needed that last part, but... Well, uh, it was a doll. It's an accessory. <laughs> a lot of pressure on Quinn Hughes last night. And it didn't seem to bother him a bit. That is good. He played great. The one thing about hyped Canuck prospects, they usually do have good debuts or great debuts. Pavel Bure had an amazing first game. Didn't score, but it was memorable. Brock Besser, of course, great first game, scored. So did Elias Pettersson. And last night, Quinn Hughes had one as well. Now, it is only one game, and it was against one of the worst teams in the NHL, but with Hughes and Besser and Pedersen add in Bo Horvat, we are now seeing the building blocks for the Canucks being put in place. And now Quinn Hughes is going to make his way through the door and onto the ice for his first shift with Dad Jim and Mom Ellen watching on. Canucks fans had been waiting for this moment for almost a year, and they let Quinn Hughes know it the moment he stepped onto the ice for his first NHL shift that they are ready for him to come in and be a difference maker. Yeah, it was surreal to have the Canucks fans um, support me like that. It was, uh, you know, a tre tremendous night for, for me and my parents, and, um, you know, I just, I'm really happy to be here. He didn't play like he was just happy to be here. How is this for confidence? In his first NHL game, he makes a cheeky bank pass to himself off the back of the net to set up the Brock Besser goal and his first NHL point. No, it's something not a lot of us could probably pull off in our first game, but um, you know, I think it, it shows how smart of a hockey player he is. I think he was probably already thinking of that as he was skating down behind the net and, and then obviously you know, getting a pretty good shot off there. So uh, no, it's, uh, it was really exciting to see how well he did tonight. He's got special talent, that's for sure, and he doesn't, uh, doesn't look like he lacks confidence, which uh, you want in your guys that are skilled and you want them to make plays. And He made a few tonight that... Uh, Obviously, they're very exciting. Hughes saved his best for last, combining with the Canucks' two other young stars for a thrilling three-on-three -three that gave everyone a taste of how bright the future can be. It was really fun playing with Petey and Besser in the three-on-three. -three. So, so highly skilled between both of them. So, um, that was just really fun. It wasn't a perfect ending for Hughes, although it could have been. He had a chance to be the hero in the shootout, but couldn't beat Jonathan Quick. That wasn't a great move. I thought I could get him five-hole, but in fairness to myself, he's won two Stanley Cups, so um, you know, I wasn't going to pull a fast one on him. Despite that miss, the entire night was a hit for Hughes, who certainly showed he has the potential to be the star defenseman the Canucks franchise has been searching for all these years. Very delayed global sports. So when you're the number one seed in your conference, you aren't really supposed to be even after four games in your first round playoff series. But that's where the Giants find themselves right now against Seattle. Series is tied 2-2. Game five is tonight in Langley, 7-30. Talked about it after the game and the fact that, uh, you know, we can't look back. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to be easy and, and our job was to respond and we're looking at 
had the adversity that, that we went through in that game, the fact that uh, you know they came on and, and found a way to win is, a, is an opportunity to respond for, for game five. Whitecaps are back at it tomorrow. They're at home against Seattle. Last week was the international break. The Caps are 0-3. Worst start since joining MLS. The Sounders 3-0. Considered by many the best team in the Major League Soccer League. Why did I say league twice? Right now. The uh, Caps, though, have lost all one-goal games. If they improve their defense, they might finally start to win. Seen um, positives and the still amount of goals that we could score because normally when you score two goals against Minnesota two goals in Houston should be enough for you to get points you shouldn't need three or four goals to tie a game if that's the case that's a problem in soccer you know looking on the other side I think they're in a obviously they're in a great position um given the start they've had but they're they're suspect to giving up chances as well and you know, hopefully they'll come here with a with a bit of arrogance, and and what better way to start our you know our first win and first win of the season against Seattle. What's the deal with Canadian teenagers in the semi-final at the Miami Open? Hey, that's pretty good. Was it good? I don't know. Uh, Dennis Shapovalov, I appreciate the encouragement. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> Shapovalov, better. This is the first time they've met. And Federer gave him a bit of a lesson in the first set, 6-2. Second set. Well, the kids everywhere. But this is Federer we're talking about here. Federer would win this in straight sets, although that was a great point for Shapoval. He's having fun. Seinfeld's having fun. <laughs> but he's losing the Federer. No surprise. Roger Federer to the finals. What about the other Canadian? Felix Auger-Aliassime. He played earlier against Big John Isner, who actually won this event last year. Felix had chances to serve out the first set, but he had three double faults and lost the opening set 7-6. Here's another mistake. The nerves just got the better of him. He is 18. Uh, match point, Isner, 21 aces. Felix will rise to number 33 in the world, though, for making the final four at the Miami so, Open. Match play, Tiger Woods against Patrick Cantlay. Tiger's on a roll here. Staring down He's on the 13th. Are we going to see the spectacular? Are we? Are we? Eagle lands. Tiger goes to the knockout portion tomorrow. He'll take on Rory McIlroy to start things off on Saturday. That'll be fun. Okay, there you go. Here's your snow report for tonight. Not a lot of new snow across the province, but great spring skiing happening, especially this weekend. Revelstoke, Fernie, Manning Park, and Whitewater, no new snow, but Fernie did warm up to 6 degrees today. Big White, Silver Star, and Sun Peaks, also no new snow, but it should be terrific skiing in through the interior this weekend. A kicking horse picked up one centimeter of snow. Nothing new from Mount Washington and Powder King, but great spring skiing. All right. Okay. Friday, satellite debris. Yes. So uh, I'm going to start off with a. With, it's not so much a commercial as it is a promo for a television show in Great Britain. That it. was yeah the Great British Bake Off. Here we go. Don't look at me. Every day. It's so wonderful. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to breathe. Sorry. Now and then, 
are getting insecure From all the pain I'm so ashamed Oh dear Baking season commence. That cake looks that good, tastes good, and sing. can sing too. I thought it was just singing animals that I like, but clearly singing it's singing pastries too. <laughs> things you find <laughs> at a bakery. Okay, so here's two uh, coming up. Well, I'll introduce the second one when it comes up. But the first one is from Italian Telecom. Oh, you saw singing baked goods. Now we have singing houses. La 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 la. I love things that aren't supposed to sing when they sing. I know. What is it, anapomorphic? Is that the word I'm looking for? Oh, uh, here's something else. Um, kittens that do tasks that adults would do. This is a telecom commercial from France. Hi, Philip. Hey, pussycat. NASA has sent the first astronaut into space. Here at Buick Telecom, we know you like it when we answer your calls quickly and when we deal with your problems in a flash. Okay, done. We know you like our assistance in choosing broadband boxes and smartphones. Smartphones are perfect at your service. We know you like to watch HDTV. We know you like making calls all over France. And across the world. Follow that car. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. It's because we know all this that there are nearly 9,200 of us going forward with you each day. Hey, wake up! And because we at Week Telecom know you like watching films on the internet with little kittens in them, we've decided to make this internet film with little kittens in it. Okay, time for the meeting. Let's go! Week Telecom, doing more for you. And it's because we do more for you every day that Week Telecom was voted number one for customer service in the mobile phone sector and now for internet and landlines too. See? How would you, like how long would it take to shoot that? Because kittens can kind of do their own thing. Yeah, kittens sometimes. don't usually cooperate uh, with film crews, but it would have taken a while. Probably was a few people scratched. I would think. Probably I people would think. cleaning up. Okay, let's check in with Christy Gordon one more time as we head into the weekend and out with the beautiful cherry blossoms. Mm -hmm. Christy? That's right. They only last for about two weeks, and that's if we don't get a big wind or rainstorm, which at this point we don't have any of that in our five-day forecast. Great season or great weather to be able to get out and enjoy the cherry blossoms. Check out VancouverCherryBlossomFestival.ca for an area near you that you can enjoy the blossoms. All right. Thanks, Christy. Someone is there is someone singing. singing behind us? Maybe. Probably, you know, it sounded like one of the houses. There's a cake. Oh, could be a cake. Yes, that's there. right. We have the a pastry. The cake's probably that, singing. We had a pastry. It was an American Idol. Have a great weekend, everyone.